the final week of uh, When Helping Hurts. Uh, thanks again for, for coming tonight. If, if this is your first night, I do want to encourage you, the, the first uh, two Sundays that uh, we went through this are available on Facebook and, and on the website. Uh, and, if, and if you are new tonight, we're, we're going through a, uh, giving you a high-level overview of a book called When Helping Hurts. Uh, and it says, How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourself. So we've been going over some main concepts. Um, and I just, I just want to encourage everybody, if it's something that you've been uh, interested in, piqued your interest, uh, read the book. If you would like, you can borrow my copy. Just make sure you give it back. Um, and I uh, wanted to just uh, real quick review last week. Uh, we talked about relief and development. Um, and we talked about just a very important concept, one of the, one of the, uh, the biggest concepts that, that I, I understood and, and was able to implement uh, where I work. Uh, and so just to review, uh, relief uh, was to be immediate and temporary. So we're going to provide relief to those that are, that are uh, in, a, in a situation uh, where, they, where they need immediate help. We just need to keep in mind it needs to be immediate and temporary. Uh, and then development... Uh, remember, the definition of that was a process of ongoing change that moves all people involved, both the helpers and the helped, closer to being in right relationship with God, self, others, and the rest of creation. Uh, so remember, development was participatory. Uh, it involved you know, the helpers and the helped. It was something we were going to do together, whereas relief is typically, hey, I have something. I'm going to hand that to you. Um, to, to help you out. So uh, we talked about needs-based uh, development, which focuses on uh, what is lacking in the life of the community. It's, it's starting with the question of what's wrong with you and how can I fix you, uh, which again, we don't, we don't want to do needs-based. We want to try to do asset-based development, which focuses on what current skills, abilities, assets are currently available. It starts with asking what's right with you. Uh, and then we also talked about paternalism, and, and uh, paternalism is doing something for someone that they can do from their, for themselves. And we talked about a lot of different examples of, of how paternalism can happen. So uh, what we're going to do tonight, we're actually going to start out with the video. Uh, this is video number five uh, in the six-part video series that's available for When Helping Hurts. Uh, and, and if you have, everybody have a handout? Make sure the handouts got out. So um, the, the first uh, couple of lines are from the handout. And with that, we'll go ahead and watch the video. All right. Like I said, that was uh, video number five in that series. And I think it's just a really good message about fostering change. So uh, they had three basic triggers for change. I thought these were really good. So, uh, and, and I can, you know, we can go back in our minds and, and remember either we were in these situations or we knew somebody who was. So a recent crisis, uh, the, the book actually says don't waste a crisis. You know, if somebody's in a crisis situation, it's a good time um, to, to really come in and, and, and help somebody. Uh, a burden uh, becoming so overwhelming uh, that they want to pursue change. Uh, and then the third one is really, I think, where we can come in most of the time, and that's the introduction to a new way of doing or seeing that can improve their lives. Um, in, the, in the first night, we talked about a lot of times uh, with folks in poverty is there's, a, there's environmental factors. 
you know, they're in an environment where nobody's introducing a new way to solve problems. They're all kind of solving the problems the same way. Uh, that's continuing the destructive uh, behavior potentially. So, so when we build relationships and introduce those new ways, uh, that can be very powerful. So just kind of review some of the things uh, from the video. Uh, you know, the gentleman who had his, uh, the lawn mowing business, uh, he, he talked about asset-based development. He's, he said, you know, ask what, what do you have or what, ex what experience or dreams do you have? So instead of uh, when we go to help somebody saying, you know, how can I help you? What do you need? Is asking those kind of questions about what, what can you bring to the table? What experience? What dreams do you have? Those kind of things. Have you ever thought about starting your own business? Uh, really, uh, if, if you ask somebody in poverty those questions, they're not used to being asked those questions, and I think it'll... Uh, it'll uh, start it off really well. Listen, ask questions. Uh, they talked about uh, lack of access to social networks, uh, which I think also is, is very important. Um, and something that we, again, we don't think about and when, we're, when we have social networks. Uh, a lot of times when I'm talking about this subject, somebody will give me the old analogy, uh, you know, uh, give somebody a fish, they eat for a day. Uh, teach them how to fish, they eat for a lifetime, which, which is true. Uh, but what I usually say is sometimes they don't have access to the pond. Uh, they, they may have, they may have the, the skills and the tools needed, but, but they don't know where the pond is. Uh, they don't have the, the, the human capital, uh, the social networks to know uh, how to get access to the pond. And again, that's through relationships uh, that those things can uh, that we can help out with those things. Need a relational approach to poverty alleviation. So, you know, if you say, well, what's, what's the, you know, what is help when helping hurts? And that, that's, a, that's a really important key there. It's a relational approach and not a stuff or material approach. Uh, and, you know, the end there, the video, work with those who have a willingness to change. Uh, we talked about this last week, and that's a, that's a very difficult thing, especially us, us as believers. We care about people deeply. Uh, but again, um, being a good steward of our resources, we really need to try as much as possible uh, to work with folks who have a willingness to change. Uh, so, so what now? And, and that's what I want to do here uh, this, this last night. It's just uh, talk through some, some different things that we can do, and then uh, we will be able to have an extended time of Q&A, too. I'll have a microphone that we'll pass around. But, uh, so here's some things that just kind of equip us uh, if we're either going to help an individual or an organization. So if somebody brings an organization to you, or you hear about an organization, and they're going to work with folks in poverty, here's, here's some questions that you could ask is, is relief or development needed? Okay? It, you know, what, what's, what's really appropriate for this situation? If you go back and you, and you think about relief and development, really, relief is hurricane, okay, something, something tragic's happened, there, there needs to be relief. But if that's not the case, if it's a systemic issue, uh, then we really need to think through if, if development is actually more appropriate. Uh, what steps has this person taken already to help themselves? So sometimes uh, somebody will come to us, maybe, and, and they're, they're going to tell us they're in a crisis situation, but, and we'll assume maybe this is the first time they're coming to us and, and we're ready to jump on it and help them. But stop and asking them, have you already done something? Uh, maybe they're already part of a work training program or they're already getting help from somebody. Let's ask that question first because maybe they just need us to encourage them to continue uh, with whatever help they're already getting. Uh, is giving a handout right now appropriate? Um, what resources could I point this person to that will help develop them up and out of their current circumstances? Um, so again, thinking, th not thinking I'm going to grab my wallet and give. I'm going to think, okay, what 
what resources could I provide to this person uh, that, that could help them long term? Uh, did God put this person in my life for a reason? I think that's a really important question for us to ask and not immediately say, man, I'm, I'm going to get you hooked up with a pastor. I'm going to get you hooked up with something. God, God may have put somebody in your life for a reason because God wants you to walk through uh, the difficulties that person's going through. Um, and then uh, I wanted to make a quick note. Uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but, and that's mental illness. I mean, obviously, uh, working with folks, a lot of times uh, in, in poverty, you will run into folks who are struggling with mental illness. That's a very serious thing. Um, and we want to be very careful with that. Um, I will say, it, it doesn't mean all these principles still don't ring true. Uh, a lot of times, uh, folks with mental illness, uh, they, they're on a, a medication regimen. There, there's certain things that they're supposed to be doing to make sure uh, that their life is stabilized. Um, and they need to be making, taking those steps to make sure uh, that they're doing those things, taking the medication and those, those kind of things to make sure that uh, they're not in the situation they should be uh, putting themselves into. So... All right, so how can we get involved? Uh, support organizations working on development. Um, so so when, we, uh, when we talk about you know, helping without hurting, uh, we wanna say, okay, I, I, wanna, I wanna work with organizations, or if I'm gonna support an organization, I'm gonna, uh, I wanna work with one who's working on development. Um, ask key questions before contributing to a cause. Uh, that's helping the poor, uh, and then build, build relationships. Step out of your normal cycle when the opportunity arises. This goes back to, you know, God maybe putting somebody in your life for a reason. Um, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and, and helping somebody. Uh, I wanted to just mention a, a few organizations uh, that, are, that are doing development work here in the Des Moines area. Obviously, like I said, the, the ministry I work for, Freedom for Youth, uh, we have Freedom Blend Coffee, and then Lord willing, uh, well, Freedom Construction Services next year, which is going to be a pre-apprenticeship trades program for at-risk youth. Uh, and again, we're, we're focused on development and not providing handouts uh, to folks. Uh, there's the Renew Resale Shop that's in Highland Park Mall, which is up on uh, 6th Avenue. Uh, and, and their program, the way it works is, uh, it, it is a thrift store, um, and they sell things at a discounted rate, and for folks who come in, they'll allow them to work there, and so they'll earn the stuff that, that they get. So, so they'll work with people in poverty, but they won't just hand them stuff, they'll, they'll have them work for it. They also have a program called Give Joy, uh, which is a program where people can donate brand new toys and then what they'll do is they'll open up the shop and they'll sell those toys to folks in poverty at a, at a very discounted rate. So the parents are still getting, you know, not getting their dignity taken away by having somebody else purchase Christmas presents for uh, their kids. So uh, the other one's not, it's not a ministry, but they're doing a lot of good work. It's the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families in Des Moines. Um, and they do a lot of work training, a lot of resume writing, a lot of... Um, soft skill training and those kind of things, and they're doing a lot of good work there in the Des Moines area. And I mentioned it too, there's a lot of employers that come there. Um, there there's a lot of people coming there for work. You know, so if you're an employer out here and, and you're always looking for, for labor, you're looking for work, um, getting hooked up with them is good because they're doing job fairs and having people come through there a lot. So, uh, you know, the other things I want to mention is uh, cell group. You know, cell group, uh, you know, People in our cell groups are affected by poverty either directly or indirectly. So there's a potential that, you know, maybe in your, in your cell group, there's somebody struggling through poverty. You know, what, how are you becoming that, that resource uh, around them? Uh, but then also, it, it could be somebody in their family that's being affected by poverty. So, you know, they, they talked about that, um, uh, the, the lack of access to social networks 
Your cell group could be a beginning part of that for somebody in poverty. That, that could be a social network they get introduced to, build relationships with, and goes from there. Um, and then, you know, the, uh, the Engage Network vision for church planting. I mean, we, we, we kicked this all off by saying, really the problem is a, a broken relationship with God, self, others, and the rest of creation. Um, and so if we're, we're planting more gospel-centered churches and sharing the gospel, that's going to help uh, reach more people uh, in poverty. So um, I think that's also a good, good way to get involved. A um, couple other things that I wanted to talk about tonight as we just kind of wrap, wrap up the, uh, the series here is I've had a lot of questions about, you know, what do we do about somebody on the side of the road with a sign? Uh, who's, you know, saying that they, they need money or, or whatever that might be. And um, there, there's a lot of different uh, opinions. There's a lot of different things that I've, I've heard people say and do. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to share my opinion and kind of what goes through my head. Um, what I would say is typically just handing them money probably isn't ever a good, a good uh, situation. And, and here's, here's why I come to that uh, opinion is because I know there's a lot of great programs out there to help people, uh, to help single moms, to help veterans, to help people. Um, and so typically when, when I see somebody on the side of the road, um, I know that there's a lot of resources available to them. I have a feeling that they just don't want to actually take advantage of those resources because those are going to require them to change. Um, and, so, and so they don't take advantage of those uh, all the time. So that's what goes through my head and, um, you know, but I've heard of people, uh, you know, having food, they will give them food or a card that has information on it. Those are really good things, but wanted to address that because a lot of people um, had questions about that. Uh, the other thing, the book talks about short-term missions, uh, and I think it's, it's really good. It's a, it's a good reminder that, that all of these things we've been talking about in these concepts uh, they're also true when it comes to working with people internationally and, and working, and you're, if you're going to do a short-term missions trip. Um, and so, uh, you know, the question about short-term mission trips is they ask is, you know, are you going there for just an experience, or are you going there to truly help and, and, uh, and truly uh, help the local minis- uh, missionary or local organization accomplish their goals? Uh, what's cool about this is I just came back from a short-term missions trip. So uh, most of my Sailorville 7 are in here. You guys give a shout-out. Oh, okay. Uh, they're really excited, you can tell. Uh, no, uh, which was really cool. It was cool to see uh, the, uh, the missionary, uh, Heather. Uh, she's a third-grade teacher there at a Christian school in South Africa, and she, she works with Bethesda Outreach, which is an awesome organization, and it was actually cool to see a lot of these principles um, being put into, into uh, practice there. So uh, we did do work projects, but they were led by local South Africans, okay? So, so we didn't come there and lead the project and show them how it's done. They have local South Africans that they've employed uh, that, that led the projects. Uh, we were putting in an, helping them put in an irrigation system, and the point of the irrigation system is so they can teach gardening and farming to local South Africans. So again, they're, they're thinking about the process, they're thinking about how can we help these people eventually help themselves. Uh, and that was really cool. Uh, the, the orphanages there are actually uh, homes that are run by a local South African Christian couple who's raising the kids uh, in the homes. And so again, that, that's, that's a harder process. I mean, that'd be a harder process than just opening up a huge uh, building and, and having a lot of kids come in, but they see a vision of, of, of modeling biblical parenthood 
uh, mother and father for, for these orphans. Um, and so when we went there, uh, they made it clear to us to, that, that the, those parents are in charge. Um, we're not going to come in and you know, tell them how to parent their kids or anything like that. We're just there to support them, uh, which was really cool. Uh, and then also they uh, had a vision of supporting the local churches. So again, they're, they're not looking at just how can we just come in here and, and do our thing here um, as a ministry, but how can we have the people out in the community, the very, very poor area of South Africa, how can we help build up these churches uh, so that we can get the gospel out and, and build up those local churches and, and accomplish this goal together. So really cool to see that. Also, uh, they did a lot about educating us on orphan care. Uh, and this is the other part about short-term missions that, that the book talks about uh, and that Bethesda Outreach did, which is to say, hey, when you go back to America, uh, be, be passionate about this. Be passionate about orphan care. Tell people about it. Consider adoption yourself. Be an advocate. Support families uh, that, are, that are working with foster kids. Um, and so that was, that was a, a cool experience to see that as well. Um, and, and as a group, we definitely um, heard that message. So, so just some points that they made in the book about short-term mission trips is, again, avoid paternalism, which we've been talking about. It's the same thing. Even if you go to somewhere where it would be really easy to just pick up and do something for somebody because it's not going fast enough, um, we want to avoid that. We want to avoid paternalism. Go there to learn. Uh, don't, don't go there to assume that you're going to be teaching them uh, everything. Uh, Christ is already working there. Um, so, you know, it's not like, I'm here, now, now Jesus is going to show up and do something. God's already been working there. Keep that in mind. And then how can you be an advocate? Um, how can you uh, come back to the United States and, and be an advocate for that missionary, uh, be an advocate for the organization maybe that they're, that they're working for there, um, and, and continue to help them out, uh, not just go there and have an experience and, and move on from it, so... We'll have an extended question and answer time, but I want to say this. If, if the information that, that we've been talking about has, has struck you and, and, and you think, man, I think God's you know, asking me to do something, maybe have a bigger part in this and working with folks in poverty, I really want to encourage you to don't wait for somebody else to create a program. Uh, don't wait and say, well, if Sailorville Church does something, then I'll, then I'll get on board. I really want to encourage you, if, if God's leading you that way, um, find local organizations that are, that are working with folks in poverty. Um, again, get out of your normal circle of, of people, um, maybe if you need to do that, and work with folks in poverty. Uh, work with your cell group to say, hey, guys, how can we go serve? How can we help folks in poverty? I uh, just want to encourage you to just uh, take that next step to, uh, to help those folks. So with that, I'm going to have a microphone here, my good friend Adam is going to be my Vanna White for the night. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know who Vanna White is. but um, So yeah, I have an extended time here to any questions at all. What about organizations like Compassion International, World Vision, mm -hmm. where you're adopting a child basically and supporting them monthly. Yeah. Wow. Or it's Operation a, Christmas Child, things like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, I'll just share m our personal experience with it. Um, we started to struggle with it. Uh, we started to feel 
like uh, we, we didn't have a relationship with this person and uh, we, we were sending this money. Um, and, and so we started, when we started working with, with people more face-to-face and more relationally um, and, and seeing like, you know, going to South Africa and, and actually seeing the work that they're doing there, um, we, we made the decision that we would rather support uh, something like that there in, in Bethesda, uh, the Bethesda outreach, rather than just blindly sending a check and, and getting that. So um, that's, that's what we personally did. And um, there, there is an aspect to, um, to some of this. It's, it's, it's very hard uh, because I, I, don't, I don't want to tell you what's on somebody else's heart, but uh, sometimes it does, you get the sense that people are being exploited uh, and and, and I, I don't ever want to be a part of that or, or feeding into a narrative. Uh, you see a picture and you're like, well, okay, that's obviously a poor person uh, because we've always used maybe the same images to do that. And, and so sometimes I get uncomfortable with that. So that's a good, it's a really good question. So, Preston, can you please uh, just talk a little bit about some of the success stories you've had putting these principles into practice through your work at uh, Freedom for Youth? Yeah, great. That's a good question, Grant. And, and uh, actually, what's really cool, we're, we're praising God this year is because, uh, you know, as we continue to make changes in our programs, uh, we, we're starting to see uh, the, the fruit of that. And one of them is a, a reading curriculum uh, that we, that we uh, did a fundraiser for. It was very, very expensive, but it it's because it's really good. And what this reading curriculum does is it empowers our volunteers to sit down with a student at the beginning of the semester and figure out where they're at as far as reading level. Um, and so, and then after that, it equips them with the tools to help them to improve their reading level. Um, and so, it, it, so the reason I mention this is because, you know, we could, we could, we could spend resources on, you know, maybe giving them nicer clothes or, or hats and, and gloves and, and those kind of things. But we've said, no, we're going to work on this development. We're going to work on this. And, and this is going to allow us to really help kids and the kids that, that come to our center. Uh, just, to, just, to, just to tell you, after they've done the evaluation of the reading levels, none of the fourth and fifth graders were over a third grade reading level, and many of them were below. Uh, and if you, look at, if you look at success in school, a lot of times with, with, uh, with kids, if they don't get p- past that third grade reading level, they really struggle to go far beyond that. Um, and so that's a practical example where in our minds we said, no, nope, we're going to do a fundraiser to, to make sure that we're doing development work and, these, and the, the youth that come to our campus are getting development. Um, and, and we're seeing that through the reading curriculum. So that's, a, that's an example of of kind of a, a thought process and then also implementation of, of doing development work. So it's a good question. Yes? Yeah, we just have all the questions over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just curious, and, and I apologize. I've been out of town, so I didn't get to see some of the other sessions. So I yeah. hope I'm not um, asking something you've already talked about. That's all right. Um, you mentioned tonight there's... there's um, I don't even remember how you phrased it, but there's a, there's a faith element to this, you know, trying to spread the gospel, mm. share the gospel with, yep. with people as well. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious um, in terms of priorities and organizing how you help people with development and meeting needs. Um, wh- how do you weave that in? Because in my experience, if somebody has an immediate 
physical physical need, mm-hmm. they're they're not really open to talking about their faith. They don't see how the two are related. So how, I'm just curious, like how how you can how we can artfully share the gospel with people that are, that have severe, you know, worldly and physical needs. Yeah. No, it's a it's a really good question, and and so our our the definition of poverty from this book is a broken relationship with God, self, others, and the rest of creation. So, right away, it changes our changes our mindset to say, oh, that includes a lot of people actually, and not just a material thing. Um, and so that's that's kind of an, an understanding of of that's really what the problem is. Um, and so if we if we believe that. And then if we also believe that there is kind of a, a kind of help in our minds help that could actually hurt somebody, um, then in that situation, we still want to bring truth. We, we, still, we still want to do the right kind of help and not the kind of help that they might think they need, which is just another handout because they can't, they don't realize that, no, that's actually going to create dependency or it already has caused dependency. And again, like we talked about tonight, we want to introduce a new way of doing things. Now, they have to be willing to hear that. They have to be willing to, to hear that. And um, it doesn't mean that we just say, hey, you didn't want to hear it, I'll see you later. I mean, it's, it may mean building a relationship uh, with somebody and saying, look, I, I'm not going to give you a handout. I'm not going to help you with that need right now. I want to help you overall because um, I don't want to see you in this situation anymore. And here's what this looks like. And they may just outright reject you, but if you, if you told them that, and you say, here's my phone number, when you are interested, man, I, I'm ready to help you with this. Um, but that, you know, that's the, that's the hard part, uh, is, is praying through that, using discernment. Uh, how long does that go? How, do, how long do you continue to help somebody? But, um, but yeah, that's a good, good question, so. Oh, one back there. Make sure we get out on time. Yeah. Um, you brought up the phone number thing, and that was kind of a question I had about if you're not going to give them money, um, how do you build a relationship with somebody you don't know? Yep. Like, you know, the person on the side of the road. You can't give them money. You can give them maybe a resource card to get to mm-hmm. a place. But when, when do you have to be really careful about giving your number? Or do you just have to be led by the Holy Spirit with that? Because I've done that. Um, sometimes it was a good thing. Sometimes I wished I hadn't. So yeah, yeah. You, you know, I would say giving number. I mean, maybe somebody you've met at church. Um, I mean, there's got to be some sort of uh, somebody at work. Uh, you know, a family friend or something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not just like handing out your 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 phone number to to anybody on the street. So yeah, you, using discernment with that. Uh, again, it's. Uh, it, it's not always, it, God will put people in our lives, it's just, are we, are we in tune with the Holy Spirit to say, oh, I, I mean, I met this person, uh, had a good conversation with them, uh, they seem like they're in, some, uh, in a difficult situation, and, um, and I, I'm going to reach out and, and start a relationship with them, so, um, yeah, u- using your, your powers of discernment there, uh, always, you know, meet in a public place. I mean, think about safety if you're working with somebody and you don't, you don't know them. We, we should all be thinking through those things and meeting people, uh, you know, buy them a cup of coffee or something like that. So, yep, good question. We have one up here, Adam. Yep. Yep. Oh, go ahead. 
I'm wondering, I'm wondering when you work with the students over mm -hmm. in Hickman, I work at that Monroe School. Oh, great. And that, but yep. mm -hmm. do you work with the adults when no kids come in there? Yeah. Or are they always wanting handouts? No, good, good question. So we, uh, so part of our strategic changes that we're making to our ministry, mm -hmm. uh, may, maybe in the past we would have just said, hey, we're dealing with kids, we're going to pick up kids, and we're not really... Uh, we're, we're working to build more relationships with parents um, because we, we want them to know that we do value them, um, that we want to respect their dignity. We, we don't want to say, hey, we, we just assume that you're not taking care of your kids, so we're going to pick them up. Uh, we, we try to work with parents uh, as much as we can. Um, we, we really try to make it as clear as possible what we're about and what we're not about. So you're, you're coming here, and, and our programs are based on the FEAL acronym, Faith, Education, Employment, and Leadership, and these are the things that they're focusing on while they're here. And so we don't, we don't get a lot of questions about the handouts or anything like that from parents. Do you so. have interpreters there? Uh, we don't. We work with the schools for interpreters. Uh, there's there's uh, interpreters at the school. So, but okay. yeah. What do you do for Monroe? Um, I'm a foster grandparent where okay. I work in, with individual students. I work in kindergarten myself. But, okay. Um, a lot of the parents say they're in the school for eight hours. Don't mm -hmm. call me. I mean, if they're sick, they stay in the nurses' office, which is sad because the mm -hmm. parents want us to take care of them. Yeah. And that, so it, to me, it's a handout. They don't want to help or to learn how to help. Hmm. Yeah, and part of that is, you know, introducing a new way. Uh, you know, for us, it's, it's working, yeah, working with the youth and, and uh, teaching them those things that they might not hear at home or, you know, you, you never know what's going on uh, with right. situations with parents. I mean, I, I know several parents and they, they get up at four o'clock in the morning to go and work at a packing plant an hour away. So they're, they're working very hard. They deeply care about their kids. Um, they, just, they just got here from Africa last year and they're, and they're, they're really trying to give their kids a, a good life here in America. So um, Monroe's a great school. Uh, Monroe does a lot of good work with kids there, I know. And a lot so. of the parents don't even want to learn English. Mm -hmm. They want their kids to stay with their native language. And mm -hmm. that hurts the kids because they can't help with their schoolwork, with their reading, with their math. Yep. And that's, I wondered if that's, if you had any um, programs like that for them to work uh, with you for their English language or? Yeah, that's what we want to help them. We want to help them be assimil assimilated. Um, and mm -hmm. so they're, they're going to need to work one day. Um, right. And they're not going to, and so they, they need to know not only the language, they need to functionally know the language. Uh, they need to be equipped to be able to work somewhere and possibly work with people. So um, that's what, uh, that's part of our goal is to help them be equipped um, well, for, for, have, to work here. So The students, we call it, they have the street language, but they don't have the knowledge to yeah. assimilate it because the parents won't let them speak English in the home. Yep. Yeah, we actually, we teach something called code switching. And we, we teach it a lot with young adults. And, and what code switching is, is we, we all do it. We just don't realize it. Like you, you talk one way if you were at home, and you talk another way when you're at work. Uh, we, we all kind of do it. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, you know, in different cultures and, and those types of things, uh, you're just teaching them that when you, when you go to work, there's just a certain expectation um, that you need to understand how the work world works. And so we teach them that ta the, uh, the skill of, of code switching and understanding when you, when you go to work, you can't talk like you would at home uh, or if you were at a barbecue or something like that. You, you have to have a certain professional language. So uh, that's, that's one of the 
functional things, that, uh, practical things we try to teach, teach young people, so. Yes. I just wondered if your organization works with any of the local colleges, say Iowa State, Faith, DMACC. You mentioned um, like reading comprehension mm -hmm. and even with like the Evelyn K. Davis Center yep. doing resume building, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, I just wondered if you worked with any of the local colleges to get student volunteers down there. We do, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, so we're, we're close to Drake in, in Grandview. Um, we, we have an internship program, so we get interns uh, from, from colleges, um, but we, we love volunteers. We're a volunteer-led ministry, so uh, we, we look for volunteers everywhere. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've had a lot of college students uh, coming. There's a lot of college students that are learning um, family and consumer sciences and, and sociology and those kind of things. So coming to, coming to intern or to, or to volunteer for an organization like, like ours is very helpful for them. So. Yep. Are you in college or? Yeah, I go to Iowa State. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm in the College of Business. So the mm -hmm. thought of like helping people with resume building, yeah. um, interview skills, mm -hmm. that sort of thing really resonated with me. Yep. Is that something that I could come up and give yes. some information to bring yep, out? Yeah, definitely. Okay, thank yep. you. Yeah, and that, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's uh, and a lot of people have those skills and, um, you know, coming in and helping other folks do that. Because, you know, j just as an example, you know, you're, you're learning that in school. Um, you know, giving somebody else the, the opportunity to learn those skills that, that you've learned um, is huge, and, and they don't want to pay for it. Yeah, they might not have the resources yep. that they need to go through. Right, yep. Jacob. When you're thinking about, when you're, when you're visiting with somebody about maybe thinking a different way mm -hmm. of, of something, is there a resource, maybe a small study, maybe a leave behind, something that's you found to be helpful? Um, yeah, the the Bible. I mean, that's. Uh, I know Chuck it, has a, a study when you're yep. specifically evangelizing yeah. to somebody. Is there something like that that might get this conversation started? Yeah, um, not really. I mean, we don't. Uh, you know, in the, in the ministry I work for, it's you know the we're we're helping them with with school and and we use Bible studies and those t those types of things. But um, I, I really think that comes through the relational aspect of it um, because you really need to know thought patterns and why they make the decisions that they do. Um, and that comes through building a relationship with somebody and finding out, oh, what happened? And then, and, and then you find out and then how they reacted to it. And then, and then you know how to apply the gospel to that situation and say, man, you've, you know, for instance, if you had a broken relationship with your father, you, you're continuing to, to fill the hole in your heart by, that, that only Jesus should fill. Um, by by always blaming things on on your broken home or the father that you didn't have and those kind of things so it, it comes through through relationships i would say for the most part but it's a good question yes so i've got one uh mm -hmm. united way is often promoted in at employers yep have you seen whether they use gifts efficiently or follow this model well yeah it's a good question uh so United Way is one where we've been careful as a, as a Christian ministry because a lot of times, um, you know, anytime they're going to help, uh, they do have a lot of stipulations and, and you know, they're, they're not a Christian organization, so they're not um, high on that uh, when we're talking about that. But um, 
I think as far as development goes, uh, it's hard because they do a lot of different initiatives. Um, I've seen them anything from help out with, with big educational initiatives to doing some, some things that look more like, like a handout. So um, I'd hate to paint a broad brush for United Way. I, knew, I know they do a lot of good work, and I used to work at Principal Financial Group, and um, I know that uh, we, would, uh, we would, could give money through our paycheck and, and even choose where it went. Um, so if you can do something like that and go through and say, hey, I, if, if I can choose one of these things where I feel like it is going toward a reading curriculum or something like that, then you're able to use that. I would say just broad brush, sending them money, you, you wouldn't know where it went. So there's a potential it could go somewhere you wouldn't want it to. We've got three minutes. Can you just list those organizations again that you mentioned earlier? I didn't get them all. Yeah, yep. So Freedom for Youth, uh, which is where, where I work. Uh, the Renew Resale Shop, that's here in Highland Park Mall, uh, and then Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. Um, and those are just, just three that I thought of that, that, that come to mind that, that we've worked with in the past and are, are aware of. So um, what, I'm, what I hoped to do uh, in, these, in these three classes is really just introduce you guys to these concepts and, and think about poverty alleviation in a different way. And when somebody comes to you and they want help, uh, is to really just think through some of these concepts. And uh, you, you were coming into the Christmas giving season, so I've already seen some things where an organization says, hey, let's go, let's go give Christmas presents to, to poor kids. And, and I'm just very, very cautious of those. Um, we don't want to take parents' dignity away or, or send a wrong message about what, what really Christmas is all about, which is, which is the truth of Jesus Christ. So just, just us being discerning, um, you know, not everything that, that looks good um, actually does help people. It could potentially hurt them. And, and I just want you guys to walk away um, just with some of those questions in your mind. So, yeah. With that, let's thank Adam for doing the microphone. And uh, hope everybody has a good week. Thank you.